Welcome everyone to the Consistent OK podcast. My name is Luke and I'm here as always with Nick. Aloha. And we're presenting you with a podcast centered on pop culture that we do our very best to make Consistent OK for you. This week's sponsor is Get Your Comic On. Here they are to tell you a little bit more about themselves. Hey super friends, my name is Neil. My name is Martin. And we are the hosts of the Get Your Comic On podcast. We are here fortnightly-ish to bring you a slice of film, TV, comic book and pop culture goodness from our studio to your speakers. You can pick up our podcast on all major platforms or head to our website www.getyourcomicon.co.uk for more. So this episode is another one of our Batman in Death episodes and we're focusing on the animated series and all things Batman animated. We're joined with Jeremy from the Canned Air podcast. Hello, Jeremy. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's it's really awesome to be here. I've been following your Batman episodes and they're so much fun. I agree with everything you say and it's it's just really, I'm, I'm honored to be on this one especially. So thank you guys. The, the honor's all ours, I think. You know? Yeah. What's that? Very, yeah. Honor's all ours. It's always nice to just have other people talk Batman with us because we tend to ramble. We just... It's always fun to talk Batman. You can't go wrong when you talk Batman, right? This yeah, is true. Batman's, that's the thing. In the comic shop that I work on, Batman is just, it's just such a big deal, isn't it? And that's why I think it's, yeah. this in-depth series is so good, even though it's not necessarily focusing as much on the comics, more the obviously the films leading up to the, the Batman release next month. But I mean, the, everything to do with them is pretty awesome, even if it's pretty shit sometimes. Even that's worth talking that's about. That's true. So, it's like pizza. Even bad pizza is still pizza. You know, you still that's eat. True. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> so before we jump into, we're gonna we're gonna focus on four of the animated films. We're gonna focus on Mask of Phantasm. We're gonna talk about The Killing Joke, Hush, and The Long Halloween, which was recently released, and probably a little bit about the original animated series as well, the Paul Dini one. Um, but first and foremost, I'll start with you, Jeremy. Like, what are your feelings towards the animated films and the the tv show a little bit as well have you watched a lot of them have you just watched them for this what's your uh, knowledge of no them? i mean the animated series is something i grew up with i was watching it as it aired it was the highlight of getting out of school you just prayed that the school bus dropped you off in enough time to catch it like <laughs> it was everything it was the highlight of the day it and it, it's you know probably my favorite thing we're going to talk about here today is the animated series because it's really what you know batman 89 the keaton batman is what i feel well not i feel everyone can agree is what changed batman brought this yep. new look to batman but it's the animated series that really accentuated it took it to that next level and has really built what everything else i believe stands on so i mean yeah everything we're going to talk about the animated series is you know that's that's where i'm at um the animated movies that dc has done They've been good, in my opinion, though, over time, they're consistently uh, kind of getting worse and worse for me personally. Uh, yeah. A lot of my favorites we're not going to be talking about here today, but um, I would, you know, like Under the Red Hood was amazing. I absolutely loved that. It was one. Of, have you guys seen that one? Yeah, I have. Yeah. 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 That's probably got to be one of my favorites. Um, boy, the other one just slipped my mind. I was going to mention but, uh, you know, The Killing Joke, I've got some things to say about that. And Hush and Long Halloween kind of went to the other end of the spectrum for me. So, yeah, it's, it's a mixed bag of feelings with the entire uh, catalog of uh, Batman animated films and series. Yeah, I think it's interesting. The reason that when Nick and I spoke, when we spoke about it, and the reason that I picked those four is I feel like all of them have got something... Um... Like The Long Halloween is the newest one, which is the reason that I picked that one. Killing Joke has definitely got some 
uh, stuff to talk about. Yeah. And Hush as well, because there was a lot of hype around Hush when it came out. And I have some views on that as well, which I, I'm probably the same scale as you, Jeremy, where I think it's kind of dipped a little bit. But yeah, I mean, if we had all the time in the world, I probably could have talked about several other ones as well. Like you said you like so many of them, but the ones that I've picked, I think I've got a few more talking points. Um, exactly. I agree with you. And what about you, Nick? What was your views on? I mean, we haven't, we don't ever really speak about the animated stuff that much, but yeah, which is you, weird. You're pretty, pretty new to it, aren't you? The um, Batman stuff. Yeah. I mean like the animated series, obviously uh, I watched growing up um, and always loved it like i always just thought i was amazing and then yeah. when you get to like the arkham games and you've got kevin conroy voicing him and you've got mark hamill's joker it's just like this is incredible um yeah. but uh in terms of the films i haven't seen many uh, like i'd seen under the red hood i'd seen year one i think it is was there a year one? Oh, oh that was yeah. fantastic yeah, that's yeah, the one i was wanting to mention and i forgot that was Brilliant. I remember that was quite cool. Um, weirdly, I think that was bundled with a when I bought Batman Begins. I think it was bundled with that. Like yeah, there was they, a, an addition. Yeah, because yeah. it was what Chris Nolan was basing like, yeah. quite a bit of it off. So that's kind of how I saw that. Um, and then I think throughout the years, I've sort of just seen like little bits of individual films, but I've I've never really like sat down and watched all of them. I watched The Dark Knight Returns. Um, oh yeah, another great one when that was kind of coming out um and i thought that was pretty good um but as for the the four we're talking about today i've literally watched them in the last week so um it was all like fresh in your mind yeah it was it was all like an experience and it was interesting well because i didn't do them in um like we're going through them in like release order i did them in like just what i was kind of feeling like so that was quite interesting to kind of jump around a little bit and be like wow tonally they're they're very different um, they are very different as well. They really, because um, I hadn't seen Long Halloween was the one that I hadn't okay. seen before. Well, before we decided on the ones we were going to do, mm-hmm. and I was really excited about it. And I'll, anyway, we'll we'll get to the Long Halloween. I can't do what I normally do and talk about the thing <laughs> we're going to talk about last at the beginning. I was completely derailed. <laughs> but let's uh, let's scale it back then. Let's start with the Batman animated series going into the Mask of Phantom. Then with the because that's uh, a feature film that was actually released at the cinema, unlike any of the other ones we're going to talk about because this one actually came out of cinema but so the animated series you grew up with it jeremy you mm-hmm. you watched it as well nick but obviously it was you were pretty young obviously when it started then i guess yeah i mean yeah i, would, I probably came to it like after it had sort of been releasing i guess been released yeah yeah I, I remember i think i don't think i watched it i think i was i mean i was old enough to appreciate it but I, it was a long time before i watched it completely i was a few years older than uh, after it had come out but it's a huge deal, the animated series, because like you said then, Nick, with the Arkham games as well, like these voices, like Mark mm-hmm. Hamill's Joker, that is such a huge, uh, like such a huge voice for that character. And it's carried on now, obviously, for so long. And everyone sort of recognizes Mark Hamill's Joker as one of the key voices um, mm-hmm. for that. And I, I love the anime. I love, you know, my love for Mr. Freeze, like Mr. Freeze in the animated series. That is the Mr. Freeze. That is the oh, best. Yeah. That is he, the coolest. Chilling. Looking. No pun intended, honestly. I mean, the voice <laughs> that he had was just, it, it put chills through you. Yeah, it was really good. And obviously, yeah, Kevin Conroy as well as Batman. I mean, the whole the whole animated series, because the, the opening, the theme and everything, uh, all, of, yeah. all of the package is, is great. And it's, it's got so, um, 
it's so well recognized as well. Like everyone loves the animated series. It's on like everyone's mm. top list of animated things. I think I read earlier today that it was like number two behind The Simpsons for a number of years. Wow. Wow. Um, really? It's pretty good. Yeah. So, um, but it's, it, it wasn't as long as I remember. I remember I felt, I felt like there was multiple seasons, but when I read about it a bit more today, um, it was only two seasons in total. Is yeah. that right? Or I, 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 think I thought I'd read this, that it is, it, it's just two seasons. And that was like one of the things, like I remember reading an article about this, that they were like in two seasons, they crafted something that is like an instant classic and remembered, but everybody thinks it's longer than it is. It Well, it's weird because when they start putting them out on DVD, they put out four seasons. And, okay. you know, as I remember it, there were three seasons that kind of aired back to back and then it went away for a while and then it came back. And the animation style had changed slightly. Batman looked a little different. Penguin went from looking like Danny DeVito Penguin to looking like classic comic Penguin. And if you get on like a, like HBO Max, for instance, it says there there's three seasons, but it looks like that season one has like 50 to 60 episodes in it. So I think they may have just, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's, it really is. I don't know. I was surprised when I read it. I was like, well, no way was it two seasons. Like it no, felt it like, was it felt like a, a lot longer than that. But yeah, yeah it was, um, how many episodes was it? I wrote it down here somewhere. No, maybe I didn't classic me I wrote something down but I have no idea where I've written it so but um but yeah so it was from 1992 so that was when it was 92 to 95 and the film was wedged in between that as well but I don't did you go to see it at the cinema Jeremy the Mask of Phantasm no I didn't see it in the movie theater I wish I had but um I don't know. It was weird. I was right at that age where I was obsessed with it, but I maybe felt personally, I was a little too old to be like, Hey mom, dad, can you take me to the theater to see a Batman cartoon? I don't know. Yeah, of course, so yeah. no, I never, I never saw it in the theater. And I uh, now regret that I didn't ask them to take me because it would have been cool to see it on the big screen for sure. Yeah, I, I don't, I didn't see it in the cinema either. I don't, uh, I don't even remember it being released at the time but i remember the first time i saw it, it was obviously i'm just going to jump it up but we'll go back and forth in between the animated series but i remember the first time i saw the mask of phantasm and i thought this is really good this is such yeah. a good i got it on vhs film. and watched it uh i rented it you know and watched it that way but i one thing i do remember is seeing you know the the constant trailers and commercials for it during the commercials for the batman the animated series and yeah. it how just how mind-blowing it was that one of the after-school cartoons has a feature-length movie in the theater and they did it very much like they kind of did like the adam west batman movie where you know when when you when you hear like a tv show is going to the theater you expect the budget the scale and all this stuff to like jump like characters to change etc cetera, etc cetera. and essentially you're watching exactly what you see on the television just yep. longer and you know a more in-depth story it was it blew my mind even though i didn't see it in the theater well, I saw, I, again, I read that they originally the, when they were writing the film, they were going to do the feature length film, that they wanted it to be a story about Batman and uh, the inmates of Arkham escaping or him being stuck in Arkham Asylum, one or the, one or the other. But they, they changed their minds last minute and they actually used the Arkham storyline in the TV show. And that is what you're saying, basically, is that this film looked just like the series. So it was no... Mm -hmm. um, they could have easily... 
no, you get some of those films and they break it down into four parts eventually when it's like streaming these things. Right. Or something. So they could have done that with this essentially, but the fact that they literally took like what you said, what people watched on TV and shoved it on a big screen is awesome. And the fact that yeah. they, it's just a lot going on. And they obviously they had a new a brand new villain in it as well, which I, again, I was reading about that they wanted to have someone completely different from the rogues gallery that people were used to, um, which is pretty crazy because the rogues gallery was extensive in the animated series, but it's not like everyone yeah. was like sick to death for them yet because a lot of the animated series characters were sort of the first time people had seen a lot of them in any form. So yeah, those people who hadn't been reading the comics, you know, this was an introduction because yeah, I think before, yeah. you know, like Keaton Batman in the animated series, you know, unless you were following the comics, as far as film and you know tv goes the only thing that's really you knew was adam west batman that had been running in syndication for years unless i'm wrong unless there's something no I'm no wrong. you are right yeah i think you're right so you'd only have those those villains and plus obviously you'd have the 89 batman which is joker and yeah i guess returns was out just before the animated series started uh, yeah, somewhere yeah right yeah i think you're right so like, so like things like mr freeze and obviously harley quinn which was um which is yeah i'm, I'm right that the paul dini introduce harley quinn in the animated yeah. series aren't yeah, i yeah. that's our origin Correct. isn't it which is that's huge as well isn't it like you yeah, think yeah. about think about the longevity of harley quinn now the fact that she's got her own film and you know these you know, she's played by margot robbie and everything and all that stuff like the fact that that was made for a cartoon and that character is just i mean she's huge now harley quinn it's, oh, yeah. she's uh in every every batman comic she's involved in whether it's something new like the white knight or you know a lot of these old bigger stories it's um it's it's crazy that that was just made for that. I know it's easy to say because all these characters are made in comics, but the fact that an animated series, and she's such an odd character as well. She's essentially a jester, isn't she, for Joker? <laughs> and then there's this whole this whole backstory given to her um, and everything, and it's uh, it's crazy crazy that it's come from that. So I love Definitely. that Harley Quinn version as well. I think it's great. I think the voice is fantastic as well. Absolutely, um, yeah. Like the pudding and everything. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> So what, what do you think about, well, let's get, let's talk about The Mask of Phantom then. And what do you both think about that overall, that film? Uh, thoughts, anything you want to go over? Do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, between the two, animated series and Mask of the Phantasm, you know, anything I say, they're, I just take them hand in hand. It's hard to really separate them other than the movie yeah. took it a step maybe just a, a step farther than the animated series did. Both of them, what made them so great is they weren't patronizing children. They no. were still very dark. I mean, you know, there were mentions of drugs in there. There were like uh, uh, scenes that of graphic death. Okay, it might've been of a robot, for instance. There was an episode where there was this AI robot who was putting out these robotic uh, copies of people in Gotham, very much like Terminator. But there was one of Harvey Bullock. And I remember this scene uh, so vividly from when I was a kid where Batman's fighting him and he on top of uh, the police headquarters and he falls backwards into the bat signal. And there's this electrocution scene that just jarred my mind as a kid, like, holy cow, you know, just they, they were always doing things that. I think if my mom had been walking through the room and seen, she'd have stopped him and like, what the hell are you watching? <laughs> you know? And I think that's what made it so great um, that it didn't patronize children in the least. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's um, like having never seen it, it was really interesting to kind of uh, like view it with 
almost like modernize like how mm-hmm. knowing how far batman's come now like what we're at to now with like what's coming with the batman and stuff and there's still some really dark stuff in phantasm like in terms of the storyline and in terms of how they've like yeah. visually done it and you can see those references throughout everything that we've kind of talked about in this the batman series but yeah it was just it was a really good watch um and i thought it was really bold as well that they did that they gave Bruce like a love story for it. And that the center exactly. of the film is like this, this love story. And it sort of ends on like a really somber note for him, um, mm-hmm. which is typical Batman that it's like, it's never really the happy ending for him. But, um, but I thought that was really interesting. And like visually it's really strong. There's some amazing animated scenes in it. Um, and I loved the, the end fight between Joker and Batman in that, like, model city kind of thing like world of yeah. tomorrow kind of thing yeah i thought that was really cool like visually i just mm-hmm. thought it was really interesting and um again like their dynamic is just it's great like it's a really good um animated dynamic they have between conroy and and hamill um yeah for sure yeah so yeah i, I loved it there was a scene where um, Bruce is at his parents' grave. And, you know, the psychological implications of this scene, again, that's intended, you know, intended to be a children's film. I just, I love it where he's crying at their grave saying, you know, I want to give up the cape and cow to be with this woman, but he doesn't know if he should. He doesn't know if he's making the right decision. And I think that's pretty heavy stuff for the audience they were making this cartoon for you know i think it was a very bold cartoon and it did everything right Hmm. i wonder how many parents actually watched that with their kids and thought this is a little bit too much i wonder if there was because i mean (laughs) it is is a cartoon but there there must have been some people that thought because if they're because i watched this there there is a bit of scene where there's like blood isn't there there's like it's cartoon blood obviously is it joker that gets beaten and it's quite bloody. I know, I know it's a cartoon, so I know it's like some kids aren't <laughs> going to be like, whoa, but still, like, sure. there are parents that I know that will be like, okay, that's a step too far for young kitty winks to be watching. Right. So, I, I mean, I don't remember an exact scene, but I, I feel like you are right. I feel you're correct on that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of, uh, of the villain, Phantasm, then? Because that's obviously, that's, now there's actually a comic that's going on with this character back in it now, which I think, if memory serves me right, is like the first time that she's been revisited in x amount of years i don't know if either of you reading batman catwoman no i haven't been i don't know know about so it's pretty it's pretty cool because it's like uh she's basically back in this in this storyline it's batman catwoman and joker and she's like this angel of death basically um but it's really weird seeing her in a completely different setting because i've only ever really seen her in the animated uh film um so they've they've brought her back now and she's she's even she's really dark in this comic like she's like wielding this axed well, I guess weapon it is. nice basically yeah people up left right center um and it's like she's like in this sort of uh triangle it's like jokers at the center and Bat- batman catwoman and phantasm are all surrounding this uh scenario it goes back and forth past the future and it's really really cool to see this character back again but I, it's a bit gutsy, isn't it? I think I've already said this, but to use a character that they haven't used uh, previously, but it really paid off because everyone loved it. Everyone loved the, everyone loved the story. This character, so she was a great character, and I think honestly, at this point, 
they've been just recycling and reusing all these same villains over and over and over that, you know, it makes sense to pull this character everyone loved out of the ether that hasn't been touched in so long. I, I mean, I'm all, just hearing you say this, this is the first I've heard of it and I already want to go check it out. It's really good. It's by Tom King, the guy who did, um, did like Vision and Mr. Miracle and uh, Rorschach recently and things. And it's really dark and Joker is wearing some pinstripe suits, which are absolutely awesome. And, uh, he looks really cool. And it's like old man Joker as well and old lady Catwoman. And uh, it's really cool. It's a really good comic. So it's not, yes. it's not done yet. I think it's the ninth issue. And actually they released a special uh, a special comic which I've got upstairs and um, I've forgotten the artist's name now John John something and he, he passed away while he was doing the artwork for it uh, oh, no. so it's only do you remember his name Nick the artist it's John something anyway it's it's irrelevant but it's pretty cool that this this uh, this comic's out there now and he, he died he did 13 pages of it and then he passed away sadly so all these other artists have like clambered together to finish the book Nice. So did um, they like redo what he had done or did, did they just mimic his style to finish it? They sort of mimicked it. They've also got their own spin on it, but it's literally, it's a, it's like a Christmas special and it got delayed a bit because, because he passed away. So he, he did his 13 pages and the 14th page, another artist picks up and then a few other artists have stepped in to finish the whole comic. But it's just good because it's a really good comic series generally. And now it's got this extra like incentive for people to to check it out as well because it's wow. the last bit of this guy's work and the phantasm's back in it and old man joker and all this shit it's really good that's some so, good marketing you just did i gotta i want it now I thanks go yeah <laughs> i think i don't i think the the tp will be out or the graphic novel will be out later in the year but it's i think there's like three issues left but it's awesome so anyway that's a, a side track but it's nice <laughs> that this nice that this villain is back anyway because it's good that she uh it's good that she's a uh, all the characters getting a bit more of a, a revisit. Yeah, um, she's, she's really interesting as well. Um, like, because I don't think I've ever heard of her. Um, no. Like, when you were like, we're going to watch Mask of Phantasm, I was like, cool. I literally don't know who Phantasm is. And I was like, I, I know a fair few of the rogues at this point, having read different versions of Batman. Um, and so I was like, really up for it. And it she's just done really well. Like I really like the kind of menacing, like angel of death rocking up just before somebody dies. And it's like, I'm here to kind of take you away kind of thing. Um, I really like that. And again, like the end with her as well, where she just like disappears with Joker. I thought it was quite like yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. That's cool as well. Did you, did you know who it was going to be at the end? Did you suspect like, uh, did no, you didn't know I... anything about who the character was? So did you early on, did you have an inkling who you thought it would be? No, I well, I thought it was going to be her dad. Um, yeah. Because once you see him die, I was like, oh, maybe there's like some supernatural thing and like he's become that and like he's going around hunting these people who have betrayed him or whatever. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so when it was her, I was like, oh, it, like it also makes sense. And it, it probably makes more sense than my kind of like, it's supernatural. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just thought it was really cool. And, I'd, I'd actually really like to see more of her. So it's kind of cool that she's ended up in the comic and I could totally see Tom King writing her. Like yeah. <laughs> when she said that, I was like, oh yeah, those two, that makes sense. Um, my, my other favorite, I'm just going to say one more thing about the comic is every comic is the start of a Christmas song. So every, every opening few pages is based off a Christmas song and it's usually Joker killing a bunch of people while he's singing, but it's really good. Nice. Check it out. Okay. I'm definitely that now. going to. Um, so, okay, Do you, does anyone want to talk more about that? We can talk as much as people want to about it. If you've got any other notes, the only, more. 
The only other thing that I'd like really picked up on, because I've mentioned pretty much everything, is the score. Uh, the score is score awesome. The score is huge. Like, just yeah. from the opening. I know, like, it's in line with the animated series, and the animated series score is incredible. But, yeah, for this, there's, like, some really, really big moments in it where I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, this could just be, like, a live-action film score. It was, um, yeah, it was oh, great. Absolutely. Nice. I was just reading then as well that, I've said at the beginning that this was the only film that got a theatrical release, but apparently The Killing Joke got a theatrical release as well. I didn't even know that. I think it was very limited. I think it was in select theaters. I don't think it was every in every theater like Mask of the Phantasm was, but yeah, I think it, it was in some theaters. Okay. Yeah, because I was just I just saw here, I was curious about how well it did at the cinema, Mask of the Phantasm, and it, it it didn't bomb, but it didn't it didn't make back the money that it cost to make it. So it's a bit of a shame, but obviously now it's got a huge following, hasn't it? Like it's uh cult uh, cult following you'd say so it's uh yeah awesome and i love the fact that paul dini's involved because i really like paul dini as uh as a writer mm. as well i love what he did with this and i love the animated series obviously and i loved uh, the arkham games because he was arkham asylum and arkham city um mm. and some of his other some of the comics that he's done that spun out of the animated series like some of the harley quinn ones and things have been really good as well so good good guy that paul dini paul dini paul dini no, I'm not I, sure. I, I always tell you. I, I am. You. I am shit with names, by the way, Jeremy. If you listen to them, I get them wrong all the time. So uh, I am too. Don't worry about it, man. Don't worry. I just, I just read them as I see them, and it, nine times out of ten, it's completely wrong. Um, all right, so we can come back as well if we've got more things to talk about. But let's. I think it'd be good to move on to the killing joke because I think we'll we'll all have a fair bit to say about the killing joke. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the Killing Joke, um, I'm hoping that I'm right here. It came out before Hush because Killing Joke came out in 2016 and Hush came out in 2019. So I am right. So the Killing Joke, I'll just jump in. I love the Killing Joke comic. It is so good and it is one of my favorite comics and it is the easiest, probably the easiest comic to recommend that I have to at the comic shop because most people know about it. Um, It's quite a short comic as well. and Joker sells as much uh, as Batman. So it's a really easy sell. And when they announced this film, I was very excited. And then when they announced who the voices were going to be for Batman and Joker as Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, I was very even more excited. Oh, yeah. So I went in with really, really <laughs> high hopes. And I thought, how can it go wrong? And <laughs> half of it didn't go wrong. But what the fuck is up with the first half of this film? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it is. Uh, what do they do to Batgirl? Not as in literally. What do they do to her? Like, what were they thinking? Because it is. Uh, I mean, I assume from your reactions that you both feel the same about. Um, Absolutely. About it. But yeah. What, I mean, but first of all, then the killing joke. The killing joke comic. You both read it. I assume. Yeah, I've got it right here on the shelf next to me. Yeah, I adore it. I love it. So good. And you were both excited about the film or you, well, you hadn't seen it, had you, Nick? So but no, you... again, like my, so the only thing I'd seen of the animated film is like, again, love the book. And when they announced the animated, I remember them announcing it and being like, oh, that'll be really cool because it's really suited to animation. And then I saw the only clip I'd seen from it was where he goes and interrogates like Joker, but it's not actually Joker. Right. And uh, and like beat for beat, I was like, this is amazing. Like this scene is so good. Like the dialogue's great. Like the 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 sort of like way that Conroy's acting it, the animations. I was like, everything about this is awesome. So I'm sure the animated film is great. And then I remember when it came out, a lot of people were like, it's so 
jarring and so controversial and i was like uh, is that just people's reaction to like the source material on a wider scale like is this just people who haven't read it and then like i just never watched it because everyone was like just avoid it just just avoid it and i was like okay um so yeah so when i watched it earlier on i i text luke about halfway through it and i was like what is going on with the first half <laughs> of this film because i don't remember this in the graphic novel yeah i was like this yeah I'm pretty sure this didn't happen um which was right around the, but it is you go it is pretty it is pretty loyal to the graphic novel when it in needs the second to be half. in the second yeah. half yeah like it gets there <laughs> yeah but, but yeah, they the, could have done anything anything yeah. in the first half of the film like i don't know they could have I don't know what they could have done, but they could have done something like, where did Joker get that Hawaiian shirt from? Anything. But they uh, <laughs> they, they, they just, uh, probably something better than that. But they uh, they just went, they just went for something really off, off topic. It just felt so weird. It, it just uh, seemed uh, like it was, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you go. No, you go. Well, it just seemed like it wasn't giving its audience enough credit. Like it had to set up who Batgirl kind of was, give her some kind of a background, which just seemed silly. Like, we know who she is, you know, it just, it seemed pandering. They were looking to, you know, make, what was it, an hour and a half long, I think, maybe? I, I don't remember the I running think, yeah. time of it. Because the graphic novel itself. Hour and ten? Yeah. So, yeah. The graphic novel itself, you can polish off it can't even really be called a novel like it's it can be read in like 20 minutes it's it's a quick yes, read sure. but um i i you know i would have rather had a short you know a half hour 40 minutes film to bypass all this extra crap they squeezed into to the beginning of it and also what they did in the in, at the climax in the third act when they gave Joker his own song and dance number, I thought, what is happening? Yeah, it's weird as well. That was weird. Yeah, it was so just off kilter. Yeah. They just, they, they definitely also, yeah, they extended the time. But again, with the Batgirl stuff, they could have done anything. If they wanted to focus on Batgirl, they could have done anything, like shoved in a bit of her like early days, like mm -hmm. before she became Batgirl, just something. Uh, I don't know something else it didn't have to be much either like the, the whole dynamic of, of batman and batgirl that could have just been like he could have been like okay so you can't go you can never go too far you can never take it so far you want to kill someone but there's you could have written anything like to make that that same impact but why they the sex scene just was there it, it is just felt i remember when i saw it and i was just like why why just all of a sudden she's like mounting him and she's taking a top off and like what's going on yeah. This doesn't. This isn't. This isn't what's going to happen. It shouldn't happen. And then, I don't know. I don't know what it was supposed to. I mean, I know what. It, I guess I know what it was supposed to do. It's like supposed to show you more of a connection between Batman and Batgirl, but it, it's just not necessary. Like the connection's already there. They're like they're like family, aren't they? So, right. They were just trying weird. to make the ending like way more impactful by showing. Well, look how close they are. And number one, Batman. It's how uncharacteristic of him to take his cowl off on a roof rooftop just yeah, for some oh, yeah. quick action. Um, and again, we don't need 
We don't need to be told this stuff. We know their relationship at this point. We, we already know what's going to happen in this film when we go see it. We're not going to this film for surprises. We know what's going to happen. We just see it. We want to see it animated. We want to see Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill come out of retirement to do it. You know, so it just seemed just so unnecessary. I can't imagine what somebody was thinking. People got paid to do that, guys. Wrap your head around. Yeah, yeah they did. I saw, I saw their explanation for it. The other day after I rewatched it and there, I don't know who was explaining it, someone who was producer or not something. And they just, their answer was really, um, they didn't really have an answer. They were just like, oh, we were trying to do this and we're really proud of it. And, but also if you look at it from this point of view and off, you look at it like that and we really thought it was good. It's like, no, you're not, you're not explaining anything. Like you've literally yeah. just thrown it in there without, at no point when they were writing that I think they thought this will be controversial or this will be, uh, this will get people talking. I think they're like, how can we fill this story? This is a good idea. And they're just gone exactly. with it. It's, uh, yeah, it's really unsettling. It's a shame because there's a lot of good stuff in the second half. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it feels like it feels like two completely different films. Mm. That's why I, I found it anyway. really does. It really yeah. does. You're right. Yeah. I am. Um, the sex scene was like the, the first thing where I was like, what's going on like the the first like most of it I was kind of like this just doesn't feel very killing joke it feels a bit like out of place in terms of how they're doing Batgirl's story and then the sex scene happened and I was like I don't remember this being in the comic and I had to google it to like check which is also something you never want to google like Batman Batgirl sex scene because <laughs> you just get like intense results <laughs> so I was like okay um but I was like it's not in the book fine um and then it was the like scene after that where she calls Bruce and she's like, "Oh my god, like we can we can make this up, like we could just pretend like it never happened." And uh, and I was like, "What is this?" I was like, "It's it's like Gossip Girl or something." I was like, "What is going <laughs> on? Why is this in this this film?" And then yeah, it suddenly turns into the Killing Joke, and I was like, "Okay." And it's a really weird thing as well, where when you get into that second half of the film. It was to the point where I was like, has the animation changed? Because like something feels completely different here that wasn't in this first half. And I don't know what it was, but it just feels like they've made two films and then mang them together. I was like, okay. Yeah, it does, it does feel like two films. I, it does. I just, so I, and I, I just, I don't know. I don't know why they did it. I, I agree with Jeremy as well. I just think they could have just done a 40 minute film but it's all about money, isn't it? That's the thing. They're trying to yeah. like get what they can for it. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I absolutely loved um, was the joke at the end of Killing Joke. And what I really like, the way they did it in the film, even though it's very basic, is because you're obviously it's supposed to be ambiguous, isn't it? You're not quite sure what happens in the end. Like uh, if Batman breaks neck or whatever he does. And I, I, love, I love the ending to the comic and I love the ending to the film. So I'm glad they didn't change it from what they did i'm glad it wasn't like they didn't extend it by 20 minutes or actually show something as well like like right take it too far and like oh yeah like we're at joker's funeral now oh great thanks for that but, <laughs> so i i like i like the fact that they they kept that in and they kept it similar and they didn't overdo it basically because judging from the beginning of the film anything could have happened so um i think it's a really good end like I love, I love the Killing Joke comic, so I'm glad they didn't yeah. mess around with the main story too. Had did they you, taken did that you like joke? the way they? I'm sorry. sorry. Carry on. No, you go. I was going to say, had they taken that joke out, it just would have been the final nail in the coffin. And yeah, I exactly think right. It would have the, sucked. 
the biggest disappointment of this is that again, you know, Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill came out of retirement to do this. And then for it to get such criticism, I think they're probably like, Oh, why the hell did we do that? We should have left on our high note, you know, it probably will ensure that, and maybe they have come back and I just don't know it, but uh, not that I've seen. Uh, yeah. I think the only other thing Kevin Conroy is possibly doing is the Cape Crusader. I think I read that somewhere. Yeah. I wasn't even aware of that. It's yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, it's 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 like a Matt Reeves and JJ Abrams animated coming to HBO Max this Ooh. year, next year. Because um, yeah, Mark Hamill's not doing that, is he? Don't think so, but I'm pretty sure they said, or at least I've read somewhere that Kevin Conroy's in talks or in it. I think. I mean, he's the Batman voice, isn't it? Like, it's almost soothing when you yeah. hear his Batman voice. Like, uh, yeah. it's a warm blanket. It's a warm blanket, yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah. a, it's a real shame about the killing joke, isn't it, overall? Because I, yeah. I was really I was really excited about it. I remember when I, I ordered like the a still book Blu-ray and it I think I just I think I must have just moved to Norway or I just settled down here and I was like, Oh, this would be great to watch. Like, yeah, uh, it's gonna be awesome. It's like uh, something I really love the comic of. And then I just I just remember that first half of the film and thinking this is just this is not the film, this is the wrong film. Mm, um, right. there, there is a lot right about it. I think the animation of the Killing Joke is is good as well. Like I think I think Joke looks fantastic. Yeah, in it as well, and it's very true to the way he looks. I think the bit when he's actually at the the carnival, uh, when he's looking around um, in the daylight, because there's not a lot of daylight stuff that goes on in these Batman films. But I think it's it's really well done, and the voice work, obviously, as we've said, is fantastic. Not just from Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy, but the rest of the cast as well is is strong. I can't remember who does Jim Gordon's voice actually. Um, that I don't remember. I, I Ray think, Wise. Who was it? I'm sorry. Ray Wise. He's yeah, in a few, uh, yeah, different things as well. Twin Peaks, isn't he? Yeah, Twin Peaks. There should be a fan edit of the Killing Joke where they just cut out the dance number, cut out the first half of it, and uh, just post it to YouTube or something. I mean, I'm sure it would get taken down pretty darn quick, but yeah, uh, maybe I should just make one for the for the art three sakes. But uh, <laughs> I think that would make it so much more enjoyable. I don't again, I don't care if it's only turns out to be 30 minutes. I want to see what that graphic novel was just animated. I was yeah. I mean, I wasn't looking forward to watch. I was looking forward to watching the second half again because I hadn't seen it for a while, I, I guess, because I was dis- I think it's probably the third time I've watched it since since it's been out. And I it's sort of similar to when we had to watch Batman Forever and Batman and Robin for this. I was like, oh, I'm not ready. I'm not what ready to mean? talk in depth. I'm not ready. To, apart from Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze, which I could those do. Were a, great a whole... episodes, though. You guys did so good on those episodes. I enjoyed Thank the hell you. out of them. Um, but I wasn't looking forward to this, watching this again. I was like, oh, I'll just skip it. Like, I'll just skip the first half and everything. Will be okay. But I thought, no, I've got to look at it because maybe it's maybe it is okay after time, but it wasn't. It wasn't okay after time. Annoyingly, as well, I think the um, like. Again, I think where the shift happens in the the storyline is when they start telling you Joker's backstory, which is amazing. Yeah, that's like, weird, it's isn't done it? so well, but it sort of just mm-hmm. comes out of nowhere. Like it's it's like here's Batgirl up to a point, and then it's like, oh, here's Joker's backstory. Like halfway through the film, you just randomly cut into this. And I think that doesn't help with like how the film is 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 done narratively like narratively like in terms of a narrative it's it's just disjointed it's very very unusual because um, they should have yeah. they could they could have put joker's origin story during the whole thing couldn't they yeah they could have linked that and they could have done more with jim gordon and barbara gordon which yep. builds up to the part where 
Joker shoots Barbara. Like mm. that could have been. They could have ignored the Batman Batgirl dynamic a little bit and done more about Barbara and Jim's relationship and Joker's origin. So you can see like he's a you know, he was a normal guy ish. Or like you know, he had a family and everything. And then Jim Gordon is a family man and all this stuff. Anything they could have just gone multiple ways with this, but they didn't. And mm. um I'm very bitter about the whole thing. Oh, you're not alone. It's just it's it was just such a tonal shift that it makes you think like Nick was saying, like I thought there was a change in the animation. I don't think there was, but that tonal shift is so jarring that it makes you start looking for what what's different. What the hell just happened? It's that jarring. Yeah. Like when I got to that scene that I'd seen the clip from where he does interrogate the 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 Joker. Um that whole thing just felt like it was or that was the point where I was like, this is another film. Like yeah. the dialogue is suddenly really tight and like really specific and crisp. And it's just like, oh my God, there's a lot of craft going on here compared to like 10 minutes ago when you've got her being like, oh my God, we can just forget about it. Can we just like leave it and we'll just be okay? And it was like, <laughs> let's have sex what? on the roof. Yeah. It's like, what is Take going that on? Off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was so weird, weird, so jarring. Yeah. Well, let's let's move on to um, another one then. And I, I kind of regret these two are side by side because I feel like I've got quite a bit of negative stuff to say. This is very typical of me as well. I, I talk about how much I love something like Batman and then I just decide to, I'm just going to hammer it because <laughs> why not? But the reason I picked Hush on our list and not something like Under the Red Hood as well, which there are a lot of there are a lot of good films or very good films that come out in between these as well. But the thing about Hush is, I don't I, Have you both read the comic Hush? I've never easy. read the comic, no. Okay, so yes. Hush is a, I think I have. Is, it's, a really, it's a really good comic. The nice thing about Hush is it's very rogues gallery heavy. You've got like, you know, you've got Joker, you've got Hush, who's this, this character unknown at the time, what's going on. You've got, it's not, I'm pretty sure it's not Bane in the comic, if I remember right. I'm pretty sure it's Killer Croc. Uh, yeah. And the animated film, it's Bane at the beginning, but it's Killer Croc in the comic. Uh, you've got Harley Quinn, you've got Catwoman. So it's it's very heavy loaded, Mad Hatter and everything. Um, it's artwork by Jim Lee, who's a huge, uh, huge deal for DC. And it's it looks great, the comic. And it, it reads really well as well. It's the same person who wrote The Long Halloween, Jeff Loeb. And I was really excited about this animated film, probably more so than I was about Killing Joke, which is another comic obviously I've, I've said that I love. But this animated film in particular, it really felt rushed. And it felt like a B, like, I know not all, none of them really went to the cinema, like we've said as well, but this just felt like it was like, right, we're going to do Hush. We're going to make money because people know the comic um, and just going to get random people to do the voices and it's going to be okay. But it just, it's, I think it's a bit of a mess, Mm. even though it's, 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 close to the comic although they changed several things and they cut a lot of stuff and they extend a few things which seems to be a typical trend with these dc films extending stuff that isn't necessary yeah um but it's a bit of a mess yeah so i was interested to see what you two both thought about it especially if you've not read the comic because you just will have a different opinion and if you read the comic and you've seen it so i don't know who wants to talk about it first but tell me and please well, don't don't tell me I'm, you loved it no i did not love it and i actually have a quick question how accurate was the film to the comic was it was it like the killing joke where they added a bunch of crap and then there were sections that were spot on or like the ending the reveal was that all the same no the, so the revealing the reveal is a bit different yeah. um but it, it plays out it plays out the same way um mostly but it's 
it's twisted a little bit. Um, they do the Thomas Elliot stuff is a little bit different um, okay. in the comic. There's a lot. There's a lot more in the comic in the ending, and I think in the animated film it, it felt like it was rushed to get there. But they've they've changed a few things. Like they changed a couple of characters. Like I said, Killer Croc was moved out, um, and it's it honors what they what they take from the comic they do when they they do some of the like page for page basically you know like how sin city is basically lifted off the comic and watchmen as well those two films they're like identical to the comic there's some mm -hmm. of that's the same but they also put their own twist on it but it doesn't it doesn't really sit well with me so it's i don't know in a random way of answering your question it honors the comic okay <laughs> i don't know it didn't it didn't feel when i when i watched this it's like they mixed, they messed up. If they just stuck to the comic, um, and they'd really gone for it with the voice cast and the animation, which I think is not great, not compared to some of the other stuff, then I it feels a bit of a letdown compared to the comic. I can't I don't even know what the question was now. I'm that disappointed in the film. <laughs> I thought <laughs> it was it's like uh, it's like what watching it, I had a vague because I, I think I did read Hush in that I remember the I remember the reveal more than like the general book. Yeah. Um, and fr from like memory of how the book plays out, I felt like it was about like 70% accurate. Um, yeah, that's probably about right. Yeah. In that they take certain things out and like the end reveal being Riddler rather than um, what's his name? Thomas. Thomas. In the film, I just didn't think worked. Like it felt very odd and yeah. it was just kind of like i don't know why you felt like you needed it to be riddler rather than thomas like what's the other than you know to potentially surprise people who have read the book um you know as they did with killing joke where they're like we're going to change something so people don't know what to expect but it's not necessarily a change for the better it's like a very unusual change um so let me ask a quick question. It was, in fact, in the book, it was Thomas the reveal at the end. It was not Riddler. Yeah. Yeah. God, are you? Oh, my. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's really odd. It's a really, really odd spin. And, and I wondered whether part of that was because of the way that they've, like, Hush feels like it's very much part of, like, an animated universe. Um, like, I read about this afterwards. There's a scene with Damien uh, in the car which isn't in the book. And the reason that's there is because the film before it or after it or something was the one about Damien. Yeah, they did, yeah, because they wanted, they, wanted they wanted to put him there. So it was like people knew like, a bit about him before they watched the next one. Yeah, and I just, I thought that was very, like Hush kind of feels almost like this, we want to adapt Hush. However, then somebody's gone, well, you've got to adapt it within the confines of like what we've been building for this universe. Because um, yeah, I wondered that about Bane and Killer Croc. I wonder what the switch was there because there's no logical reason to do the switch. Because Yeah. Again, I wondered whether that was just down to characters in the universe, like whether Croc had popped up be. in something beforehand and that's where then they've been like, well, we can't use Croc. We've got to use him. And Yeah. It's really weird. Really weird. Bane to... was downright silly, I thought, yeah, silly, in that yeah. film too. He sounded horrible. He sounded... He was much closer to the Batman and Robin Bane than he had ever been in any other iteration, yeah, iteration of Bane, you know? Because in the comic, Killer Croc is pretty violent. It's quite... Um, like, it's a pretty bloody fight between yeah. him and Batman. And a lot, a lot of that, 
I, I'm actually I've I've lied a little bit here because it is a bit different. There's a lot. The comic is a lot more violent. Um, like all the stuff in the graveyard, like there's hallucinations and stuff. There's a lot of flashbacks to, um, like death in the family where with Robin and stuff in Batman's arms. Mm. There's loads of um, there's loads more stuff at the end. I was trying to think. Was there an end credits at the end of Hush? There is a little bit, isn't there? Well, I can't remember if I watched it this time. That do they have the Riddler getting knocked unconscious bit in the animated film? Uh, you talking like a scene after the credits or something? Yeah, there was. I can't remember if I've just made up because in the in the comic, he, no, he tracks down with her at the end. The one in the credits for Hush is, uh, isn't that where? Or is this Long Halloween? Is it no? Yeah, there's a Long Halloween. Yes, yeah, so that's not in Hush. I've just I've just yeah. imagined there is. So in the comic, Jeremy, just so you know, the Riddler is Batman tracks down Riddler at the end because Riddler has been. Um, He's how he's basically been a version of Hush as well, although he's not the main Hush. And Batman just beats the shit into him, basically, or knocks him out at the end. So there is a bit of come up as a Riddler, but it, it, I don't know why they changed it. I don't know why they change things all the time in these films, guys. It's uh, irritating. But you should read Hush, Jeremy, and then you'll see because it's huge as well. It's a really big book. This is it here. You can see, and it's wow. massive yeah. uh, scale. So I mean, you can see why they trimmed it down. They should have put forty minutes minutes of this before the killing joke that would have been perfect and they could have fit it all in <laughs> that would have been a lot better wouldn't um, it? but they changed yeah they changed they did change a fair bit of it at, at the uh during it but it's, the bits that they do take from the comics they they do pretty accurately then they mix it up by throwing their own stuff in there and you know just sure. mixing some of it up as well so it's strange but it didn't it didn't work if um yeah i mean i was coming, disappointed coming from you know my perspective, having never read that comic, just knowing what I saw on this movie, um, it just seemed like they were like, look who we've got now. And now look who's here. And now look who's here. And for no yeah. reason whatsoever, seemingly. Like Lex Luthor's there, and then he's just as gone, gone as quick as he came. And it was like that with so many characters. And I don't need to see the whole rogues gallery in every Batman film. And, you know, they had kind of winked at the viewer that okay you know hush is thomas so i was anticipating that not that i i don't mind having my anticipations dashed that's fine makes for a more interesting story if it's written well but the second it was riddler in the lazarus lazarus pit i was like what yeah and it just was the most anticlimactic ending i just was so done when he took his mask off and it was the riddler i was so out of it I also, I'm pretty sure in the book, because I have vague memories of this. So in the book, when uh, Catwoman leaves Batman at the end, I'm pretty sure she leaves him because she's like, you'll basically run yourself into the ground. Um, like to not kill a villain, like to not kill mm -hmm. an enemy. And I love you too much to watch that happen. So I can't be with you. There's like a, a real like emotional current there that it's like, you know, I've, I've watched you do this and, and it's, it's heartbreaking. Um, right. But in the film, that plays out slightly different where it's almost like they didn't want to pitch Batman as being the one that's like the, like in the wrong. They almost were like, Catwoman's kind of a villain, so we'll we'll have yeah. it be on her more than him. Whereas I the see book, what you're saying. It, the book is a more like, no, it's definitely 
like Bruce's desire to to hold up this this um, code. Yeah, this code. code. Yeah. And I I just felt like that plays out different and it changes the tone of that ending and that you're kind of like, well, I don't know how I feel about that. But um, I know exactly what yeah. you're saying because I kind of picked up on that. Like, okay, because he doesn't want to take a life, you have a problem now. And I, I, I see what you're putting forward there. Yeah, I, yeah, I get that. It's odd. It's a really, really bizarre change that they made. Again, I wondered whether, again, that was because it's, part of this bigger DC universe animated thing that it's kind of like, well, we don't want to detract from Batman with whatever film's going to be next or whatever. Um, yeah. It must be something to that. I mean, a lot of this stuff as well, like the changes they made because at the end of the comic then, so Riddler and Hush, uh, Riddler and Elliot, they're like, Riddler's the, Riddler's the mastermind in the comic, but him and Elliot are working together because they both have grudges against Batman. But in the obviously animated series, Riddler is portrayed as the, I think if I remember right, the comic, it's, Clay, Clayface is pretending to be Elliot dead. You know, when there's that scene where it looks like Joker's killed uh, or Joker has, uh, Elliot's dead and he's been shot dead in the alley. Joker's doing that cool, he's like crouched down with the gun and it says bang and everything. Um, so in the animated series, it's in the comic, it's Clayface pretending to be Elliot. And then at the end of the comic, you realise that Elliot's still alive. He's working with the Riddler and they both have to get Batman. But I think a lot of the animate these films, they're trying to dumb it down a little bit as well. Hmm. So they don't want to make it overcomplicated. And it's like, uh, like it's all right if it's in a comic maybe, but in these animated things. So I think between trying to fit all of it in into the animated universe that they built and dumbing it down a little bit, I think people who read the comics and love the comics feel a bit um, like, like uh, shortchanged. Yeah, oh, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not giving their viewers enough credit. I, I don't, they don't think very much of them. I think like no. we can handle it. Let us see what what we already know. You know happened in the comic. I also just again because I think I watched Hush after I'd watched Long Halloween, which we'll, we'll talk about more in depth next. But Hush, uh, following on from Long Halloween, just seemed to like not have any real style to it or like the, there wasn't really a particularly great score nothing kind of stood out in terms of like uh it being a stamp as like this is like a really unique take and i think that's right. a shame like adapting something of jim lee's to then not give it like a visual style like somebody else's visual tone just felt like a bit wasted yeah. um yeah i think that's the right that's what i was trying to say at the beginning that's exactly what i meant i feel like they had they had a gem here between the artwork and things like that, and they just haven't honored it and they've yeah. just throwing it together to get out there because they announce all these things are like comic cons don't they and to get like a buzz out of it and then yeah both this and killing joke just fell very flat um yeah so it's just a shame but it's interesting that you both weren't that keen on the the film as well um not at all have you met anybody who liked it i i've met one person who liked it yeah and it's a guy who, this guy is like a cosplayer, like he dresses up as all these characters. He's through work, he does these competition stuff. He, I mean, this guy loves everything. Like, you know, he's the kind of guy that, you know, he could, you know, he would, he'd say like Batman and Robin is up there with like the best of them. Like you could, he could watch like, he could watch like a bunch of Martin Scorsese films and, you know, Oscar films. And he'll be like, oh no, no, no. Like Batman and Robin is much better than all of those films. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're right, can't be trusted. You can't be trusted. Yeah, so he, <laughs> he loves all of it, but he he loved it when it came out. I remember him telling me like how good it was, and I thought, oh man, this is going to be really good. And again, 
wasn't didn't live up to the hype. Oh dear. So I, I know people like that, and I've made mental notes to like when they say something's good, it's probably just not ignore good. them. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> just drop them. Make a mental note, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> So then moving on to the last one then that we're going to talk about, which is an interesting one as well, because again, as I say, with all of them, I love the comic, but The mm. Long Halloween, which is um, which is the latest one that's come out, it was split into two parts, it was written by Tim Sheridan, who's recently been writing a Masters of the Universe comic linked with the Netflix series and everything. So he's written a lot of um, DC comics as well, so it's interesting that someone that hasn't done um, one of these big Batman films, and this is a big deal as well, because it's a, a very very good comic it's critically acclaimed the long halloween and it's used pretty much whenever you hear about a batman film uh whether it's tim burton or christopher nolan or as recent as matt reeves are like long halloween that was mm-hmm. the inspiration along with typically year one um and again the nice the good thing in a way about long halloween although it's probably overdone a little bit in the hush animated film is it's got a pretty good rogues gallery as well and um, they do cram an awful lot into it yes but yeah and for two two movies long, that's that's saying a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I I actually liked this animated film. I didn't I, I didn't have there was some negatives, but it's not like the previous two that we just spoke about. Killing Joke yeah. for obvious reasons was a negative. Hush was hit the hit the spot completely. But this actually I I actually found myself enjoying it. I don't know if it's because it was a good voice cast as well, which helped mm-hmm. it because it's um. Jason Ackles, isn't it? The yeah. guy from Supernatural who's Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Troy Baker as Joker. And he's the one who did the Joker voice in um, Arkham. The other one of the Arkham City. something. Not City. Uh... Arkham something. Arkham Christmas. <laughs> that was my what favorite was one. Oh my God. Origins. <laughs> Origins. Origins. Yes. Yeah. Arkham Origins. Yeah. And he's an awesome voice actor. But I, mm-hmm. I actually quite like this. And it's pretty true to the comic as well. It, it shifts yeah. a few things around. Yeah. Um, but not not in a negative way, not in a the way they shift things around, uh, help progress the story in the right way, I think. Um, so they change a little bit, but and they change a little bit of the order. But have you okay? I'll start where I always start. Have you both read the comic? Yes, I haven't. No, so the long Halloween is it's it's up there, it's by the same person who wrote wrote Hush. Um, and it's it's a huge again, it's another it's another big comic, and it's it's like big oh yeah um and the nice thing the thing i love about long halloween is i love the fact that it's um it's like it's like the, the killer strikes on holidays yeah without actually being a calendar man um villain um and it's got it's a nice because you don't actually know who who is doing it for so long and it it plays out over a year and i think i think this film is is very good at honoring the comic in the right way as opposed to what Hush did. Um, what did you, what did you both think about the film? And then I can talk a bit more about the, the how they go together, the comic and the film. Um, so having read the comic last year, I think it was, or maybe it was the year before. I read it during the pandemic, and um, and it was something like I, like everybody just kept telling me to read it, and I just hadn't got around to it. And then I thought, right, I'm stuck at home. So I'm going to start ticking off these books that I need to like read that everybody tells me to. And Long Halloween was one of the first ones. And I just fell in love with that. I, I think I remember saying to you, Luke, that as I got through the book, I started getting really annoyed at the Dark Knight because I was like, you were so close to getting this, but you shied away a little bit. And, um, and it just made me like really appreciate all of the rogues gallery in a different way and I think it's a great detective story as well again because everything's set on a holiday and it was just really original I thought but 
the animation i completely agree with you cast is great um like everybody really stands out uh what's his face as um harvey dent uh josh jamal yeah good casting i was like yeah I, i could buy that um i thought the score was really good i thought the first part was better than the second um i really like the like visual style of it that feels very true to the comic as well like in the way that I should have taken influence from Jim Lee I felt like this took influence from the the comic like there's a certain filter to it like a little like kind of um it's really grainy and yeah, when I read the book darker. yeah and you sort of get that sense from the the book as well I really like some of the framing of the like animated shots as well like when they do the killer shots where it's like the glass of champagne with then like the gun or something like that it's like a little snapshot I thought that was cool and that's very in line with the comic as well um and yeah I just felt like the first part was like this is really accurate like this is everything that I remember about the book is in here and it's all played out fairly well the second half then is where things were kind of like I don't remember that like Poison Ivy's bit isn't as long as it is in the book I think in the book he's like controlled by her for a couple of weeks at most i don't yeah it's, it's quite a while yeah it's quite a while until catwoman realizes what's going on yeah whereas in this it's like three months um and wow. like that felt like a bit of a tonal shift in just in terms of like wow this has gone really intense um and then the only thing that really spun me a little bit was the end because they changed how um how they reveal who Holiday was. Because in the yep. book, it's a little less... Um, I think it's like a little less direct than it is. Yeah, it's, in- a little, it's a little less on the nose, I yeah. guess you would say. Like the, the reveal of her being Holiday as, as well. Um, in this, like Batman's in the room and she's like confessing it to Batman. I don't remember him being yeah. in the room in the book. No, in the comic, I'm... If I remember right, it's I think it's literally just it's like four pages and she's burning stuff. Yeah. And then at the the last panel is just her saying, um, I think she just says she believes in Harvey Dent. Yeah, and that's um, like an amazing and, ending. And that's, I remember and that's like the oh yeah, that's she's who Holiday was. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's it. I remember getting but, to that and being like, that was amazing. Like what a great final line to be like, I believe in Harvey Dent. And this just again, it felt a little bit like we we don't want to go too dark with how it is because the book, the ending of the book is like, this is bleak. Um, and it felt like they pulled their punch a little bit with the end on this. Um, so yeah, so I thought the first part worked much better than the, the second part, but overall I enjoyed both. Wow. I just, I thought this was a, a better first half. Yeah, she has like a little monologue at the end of the comic. I'm just, I'm just checking it. So Batman's nowhere to be there, but she's, uh, she's basically talking to Harvey Dent like um and then she just it just ends on that page and that's yep. that's the first moment because at that point you don't even know who who who's talking it, at the yeah. beginning you just it's just a, it's just a silhouette burning stuff so wow. and then yeah but because again because they catering to a different audience as well they're trying to they've they've extended it haven't they and they've tried to i don't know make it more uh, more easy like you said Jeremy they're just like trying to like anyone could understand it, but they're, you know, we can all fill in the blanks. Like we're all smart sure. enough. Yeah. So, right. But did How you do... like the, did you like the film, Jeremy? 
I did. I did. And you know, you guys just listening to you talk about it made so much come back to me. And I'm, I guess I'm realizing I liked it a lot more than uh, I thought I did. I thought it, it was very long. The casting was spot on. Um, the animation was very good. Um, you know, like in Hush, the, a lot of the dialogue and like the vocal work I felt was kind of half-assed. And um, I don't put that on the actors at all. I put that on the directors. It's kind of like Star Wars. You know, they had they had great people to do these things. They just directed them shittily, shitty. They, they somehow got great actors to act horribly in the, the like episodes one, two and three. And I feel like the same kind of thing was happening in Hush that wasn't happening here um, in Long Halloween, though. But I did very much like it again, thought it was very long. And just hearing you guys say that Batman uh, at the very end wasn't in the room during that burning scene just makes me kind of scratch my head and wonder, like it just changes everything, really. I mean, if I had read the comic and then saw that on the movie, because why, if I remember correctly, he was just kind of like, well, you're done though, right? I, I, you know, I don't have to worry about you anymore, which seemed kind of, am I wrong in remembering that? No, no, no you're, not, you're right, yeah. It feels a bit weird in the animated film. It doesn't feel like something Batman, but it, yeah. feels, like, it feels like Gilda gets away with it in a way. Um, yeah, like I, I, the Batman, especially from the anim animated series and everything else I've seen would be like, I get what you did, but and then pull out the bat cuffs. I've got to take you in. Yeah. You know, you've still done this. I, you know, you still murdered all these people. You've, justice has to be served really goes against the character. So that is such an odd decision. I can't I can't believe they did that. It's pretty. I like the end. Of, I really like the end of Long Halloween as well because it's mm. uh, because throughout Gilda is very um, like she's got a lot more in the comic as well. But she's just you. You just wouldn't suspect her really. There's no reason uh, yeah. for the majority no. of the comic because um, obviously, and even during the animated, they're pointing the finger at everyone, aren't they? They're basically like, oh, it's Harvey. Could be Harvey. Could be Falcone. Could be this guy. Could be that guy. But at no point do you suspect the one who's very very quiet throughout it. And then that's why that last panel that I showed you is so sort of jarring because she's just this uh i don't know she's just this normal she's obviously insane but she's just this normal person and she's you know she's the one who was the mastermind behind it it's Long crazy the whole time i, I also so, don't remember in the comic that um like in the animated they set it up that she um that she was in love with the other guy and that she'd sort of got with harvey dent to try and just get into the gotham circles and like she wasn't necessarily in it for Harvey Dent. She was in it for the other guy. And she was in the comic. She's in love with, she is originally in love with Alberto, who is yeah. um, Falcone's son. Uh, son. Yeah. Or yes, yeah, son. And they have, they have a, she, he gets her pregnant. Yeah. She loses the baby this is from memory. I'm pretty sure. And then she then wants to take down the Falcone family, but through the process with Harvey Dent, she, she falls in love with Harvey Dent as well. Yeah, uh, she wasn't intending on doing so, but she does, um, and he falls he falls in love with her basically. So it's a revenge story because, like, uh, you know, everything that happens with the the baby and everything, is she just wants to take down the mob. Um, and Harvey Dent gets involved, and obviously he goes insane as well, and it all goes tits up. But yeah, it's uh, <laughs> she she has a, a a big like a big big story, big arc in the comic as well. Even though she's very calm throughout it, but. It just it's just it's just great with all these with all this this huge rogues gallery. That's what's unique about this ending as well as that with this huge rogues gallery of super villains and heroes and stuff. And then it's just it's just her, like yeah. 
I, I can see why it was necessary here. Again, like I said before, I typically don't like the entire rogues gallery, like popping up in the same movie. And especially like at the end of this one, all even in the same room, <laughs> but I, I, you know, it, I guess it was kind of necessary uh, for this film. It's because this one's like you said at the beginning, Nick, it's like a detective. Uh, it's a, like a whodunit type of thing, isn't it? Because you know, most of the time everyone would, as soon as you know Joker's out of prison, you think, okay, Joker's pulling the strings here and everything. So and I liked, I love, uh, I love in the animated thing, I love his, um, when he's in Harvey's uh, like front room with the Christmas tree. Mm. Um, oh yeah. I like, uh, I like that scene. I thought that was really good. I, I, yeah, I think uh, Troy Baker does a very good job with the voice. He's very similar to Mark Hamill, isn't he? He nails like, he's a good, uh, a good replacement, I think. Yeah. It seems like the the best Joker voice actors to come since Mark Hamill are the ones that try to imitate him rather than try to set the new bar because it's a bar you're not going to um, get, you know, you're not going to set that new bar. He's the definitive Joker, even on screen. Like I, I put Mark Hamill over Heath Ledger. Like he's that good. You know, it's that good. Yeah. I think a lot of people think that don't they with, with Mark Hamill's Joker. It's just, it it is iconic, isn't it? And he's, it's a shame that he, I mean, I'm sure he'll do something in the future again, but it's just, uh, I hope so. It's just a shame we never got to see him like as a proper Joker, like uh, on screen. Oh, that was cool. Because he was a villain in the in the Flash, wasn't he, on TV? He was the trickster, wasn't he? He was, yes. Yeah. And he looked so, ridiculous with that hair. And absolutely that mental. Yeah, the red hair. <laughs> so. But like, um, like that, that was the other thing that I thought was missing from Hush is that their version of Joker just felt really weak. Um, and especially having gone from Long Halloween into Hush, I was sort of like Troy Baker's Joker emulating Mark Hamill. Go into Hush and then whoever plays the Joker in that, I was just kind of like, what is going yeah. on? Like, this isn't I don't right. even know who it is. The, the cast, the voice cast in Hush is just... It's just I mean, no, no disrespect to anyone, not that they're going to be listening, but it's just not very good compared to some of these other films. And that's the thing. If you're going to do a big comic, this will be like for me now, I'm a huge fan of um, the white Knight comic that's been out the last three, four years by Sean Gordon Murphy with the Joker is like the hero and Batman is the villain for the first one. Right. And you can see them doing an animated film with this, but it's like them just half-assing it. That's, Mm. that would be a situation where it could be a big deal if they, if they do it right and they get the right people in. But I, I just felt very disappointed with Hush. I mean, because like Under the Red Hood and Dark Knight Returns, they don't have like overly a, a huge, I don't, I don't think the voice cast is that strong in definitely in year one. I can't remember who the Batman is, but it doesn't ring a bell, but it still works. Like, because uh, the the quality of the the films are, are higher as well. So the only the only voice i hated in the uh, dark knight returns was the joker and i think it was the guy i don't know his name but he was the guy from lost who played the character ben if you guys had ever seen that show yeah it is it is that that's right Um, but um i just was not buying that voice as joker at all yeah that was released in two parts as well wasn't it dark knight returns yeah and like not to jump away from long Halloween, but just to say really quick, you know, Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns is fantastic, but Frank Miller's art style is not something I really like to look at. So no. seeing it on in this animated form, much more pleasing to the eye with a great story that was already, it was just the best way to, uh, I, I liked it better than I think I would ever enjoy the comic version. 
yeah. I think it's a lot of his um so a lot of Frank Miller's artwork is uh leaves a lot to be desired. I think Sin City <laughs> is probably the only unique uh unique one yes. because it's like characters he's built and they you know like Marv is allowed to be this big bulky silhouette, but yeah, the Dark Knight Returns artwork doesn't uh Yes, doesn't spark a lot of joy it's just uh it's just a very good comic that's uh that pulls that through so but you're right it, it's it's great to see it on screen it, it seems to work a lot better yeah exactly okay so before we wrap up then is there anything you guys want to go over animated films doesn't have to be anything we talked about it could be something completely different one of the other films anything you want to get off your chest while we're all mainly being very negative but also with a little bit of positivity <laughs> go ahead nick Oh, sorry. I was going to say the only thing that came to mind as I was finishing off watching um, Killing Joke earlier on, which was obviously an interesting watch, uh, was that I got very nervous for the day that they decide to animate City of Owls or Court of Owls. Oh, yeah. Because I was kind of like, I absolutely like that story is just genius through and through. And uh, Mm -hmm. there is a really interesting animated film you could make with that. But it terrifies me as well just if they did a killing joke with it where it was like we're just gonna do this or this and i think i think the key with these in the future is that like i said about paul dini and everything like you you, you really have to try and get the writer on board as well mm. like you know if, if you're going to do a court of owls animated film you should probably talk to scott snyder just like they're doing with gotham knights yeah like if you're going to involve if you're going to do this film, you need to go to the source material I have no idea if Jeff Lowe was involved in any of these films. I don't I don't think he was from what I know. But, you know, if you're going to do The White Knight, you should get Sean Gordon Murphy involved. If you're going to do Hush, then you should get Jeff Lowe and Jim Lee involved. I think uh, it's important that these guys that made these things have a say of what it looks like on the big screen because you, you're tarnishing, aren't you? Like you said, Jeremy, as well, you get Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill to come out of retirement to do the killing joke. Yeah. And it's, you've got to, it's got to be a home run because, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're shitting on everything they've done in a way. And, you know, for this, I know Rotten Tomatoes isn't like the be all end all, but it's a huge like marker for what people look at when they're gonna like, you know, if my wife and I are gonna watch a film, sometimes we'll look at it just to see, like, okay, so the critics have given it like 30%, but the audiences are given it 80%. I was like, oh, we're gonna check it out because cyber the audience. But this, you know, killing joke, it just didn't, it got negative all over. And it's such yeah. a bummer because if you're Mark Hamill, you're thinking, well, that was a shit show, like. I'm not going to yeah. do it again anytime soon. Um, so I, I think they just have to get involved. So like with Court of Hours, Nick, which would be an awesome, awesome choice. Like, I, I mean, I would even go as far as saying like, hey, Scott Snyder, can you uh, can you write it and we'll get in a director and mm. we'll promise Mark Hamill. Well, Mark Hamill wouldn't be involved, I guess, but we'll get a good <laughs> voice Baker. cast anyway. Troy Baker, yeah. We'll get Troy in. Yeah. He's uh, he'll, he'll come back for anything. Yeah, Joel. So yeah, Joel. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I think. If the, if they're going to do well, they will do more of these. I looked at the list of what's coming out next, and I was like, okay, I just scroll all the way to the bottom because there's so many now with all the Supermans and the Justice Leagues and um, that was all the, these uh, other things. So that was the thing about Long Halloween, the post credit. That I was like, what the hell? Because that was the scene where Flash and Green Arrow were there. Oh, yeah, the trick or treating. Yeah, and I was I was so confused. I was like, this completely took me out of the Long Halloween. It like suddenly felt like a like again it was part of like a bigger world i was kind of like what I was just yeah it's obviously yeah so I, whether you know whether they're about to step out of like like way manner and go on a justice league adventure or whether it's just a stupid tease yeah, but again it, yeah. they, they threw in like a bit of comedy for no reason 
yeah it was just very odd it was kind of like the the story ended and then they decided to throw that in there i was kind of like okay <laughs> stupid it was like hawkeye like the hawkeye post credit it was like oh you sure you can do that if you want <laughs> and end credits have lost their way a little bit i think they're a bit more uh yeah comedic than they should be yeah. I totally did not see the end credits for Long Halloween or Hush. I'll have to go back and look. I didn't even know they were there. So uh, it's not it's not worth your time. Yeah. Okay. It's, not, it's, it's <laughs> literally enough. it's literally they're like, oh, we're not going to get any trick or treaters. And then obviously these the kid comes up and everything. And in the end credits, flashing is it Green Arrow, isn't it, Nick? Yeah. They just they just ring they ring Wayne Manor's doorbell and they're like, there's a trick or treat. So weird. Yeah, it's really uh, I'm with Nick on that. Uh, what? Like, Why? Yeah. I don't Is know. But it kind of takes you out of it, doesn't it? But again, it's for it's for the extended universe, isn't it? Which is fine because, like I said about the guy here who loves all of them, I bet, I bet he fucking loved that. I bet he was oh, like, yeah. Oh, bravo, oh, yeah. bravo. Oh yes. <laughs> so uh, well, none of us care, but it's uh, <laughs> it's an odd one. Yeah. So you, you said about Under the Red Hood then, Jeremy. That's that's your favorite of the animated films. Is that your that's that's the one that's up there for you, or is there another one that tops your list? Um what you've seen. That one and um you know, Nick already mentioned year one. I thought that was yeah. very, very good. You know, watching the balance of uh Jim Gordon and Batman in their first years doing what they're doing. I, I really enjoyed it. And I know I've never read them, but I know there are comics of year two and year three of uh, Batman's career. I would love to see those movies. I guess I don't have to wait. I could just go find the damn comics, but I'm a little lazy sometimes. Um, as far as other things to mention, you know, you had brought up there's a fair amount of Justice League stuff. Have either of you guys seen Justice League A New Frontier? No, I haven't. I, it's something that I do want to watch because I've, I've I've been told I should watch it, but again, I don't think that's from a reliable source. I'm pretty sure it's the guy who loves all of them. So is it worth <laughs> we'll take out? it from somebody who doesn't love all of them? It's a good one to watch. Uh, okay. It's did you guys see the most recent uh, Suicide Squad? Yeah. Yes. I wasn't too big on. Um, I thought the second one was much better than the first, but uh, I mean, I'm not huge on either of them. But uh, was it is it Star Starro Staryu? Starro. Yeah. Starro. Um, was the villain uh, in New Frontier. Essentially, it's a take on Justice League number one, if if not um, panel for panel. I don't think so, though. But anyway, my point in bringing that up is the introduction of Batman in that film was fantastic. There's like a there's a scene where some like satanic cult has a young boy or maybe a young girl, I can't remember, strung up on an altar in this church and they're all in dark robes and about to sacrifice the child. And then the Batman jumps in. Now, mind you, this film is done like all the heroes have like that 50s, 50s comic look. They don't, they're not modernized like, like Injustice and some of these other films have taken liberties and changing the way these superheroes looked a little bit. They look like they're straight out of like 50s uh, comic books. And the Batman comes down with his, you know, uh, you've guys seen the cows where he doesn't just have the little tiny ears that come up, but they're the great big ears that come up almost at like a triangle uh, angle, I guess. But yeah. he looks horrifying. And after he takes the bad guys out, he goes to comfort the child. And the child is just horrified beyond belief. Like, get away from me, get away from me. And the cops have bust in at this point, like, back off you're scaring him and you get this scene a little bit later where uh batman decides to change his look a little bit 
And he still has the black and gray, if I remember, but his eyes almost um, look happy. And though it sounds silly, uh, it, it was a good look. It was just a good movie. I would recommend uh, watching it. I own yeah, that one on DVD. Nice. I'll check it out. They're all like bundled together on iTunes here in Norway. So I just need to like, the Justice League ones are all bundled together and stuff. I've heard like the Suicide Squad ones are supposed to be pretty good as well, but I I think I've seen one of them, but I think it's the, there's like an Assault on Arkham one that I saw, which was pretty good as well. Yeah, I, th- yeah, that one um, I enjoyed better remember- than Hush, I'll say that, but I, yeah. I, it didn't like ring to me as like one of my favorites. Again, Under the Red Hood and uh, Year One, as far as Batman goes, were probably my two favorites. I feel like there's one I'm forgetting, but it's not coming to mind at the moment. There's a, there's a lot, isn't there? There's like I said, that list is massive. So just a lot of Batman. So and there's but that's a, the, the crazy thing. There's a lot. Like I just look across my comic shelf now of all the Batman comics, and they've I've not even scratched the surface really of all the stuff they could do. <laughs> so I don't. More, did you guys see the one where they introduced Damian Wayne? Uh, was it just called Son of Batman? I thought yeah, that Son one of Batman. was fairly good. Yeah, I thought that one was good as well. I thought that was pretty good as well. I quite I quite like. I've got a bit of a soft spot for Damian and um like the Super Sons. Uh, the yeah. comics are really good and i i quite like damien it's like a moody kid who sort of hates his dad but yeah you know, he wants to you know he wants to break all the rules but he has to like follow a code as well i i, I like damien i've got a lot of time for, for that character there there was a scene in that where uh he had scoured the sewer beneath where uh thomas and martha wayne had been killed to find a single pearl from the, the 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 necklace that had been torn off his mother the night of their murder, and he gave it to Bruce as a gift, and I thought that was like, wow, that was pretty yes, big moment. That was yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, it, um, it was cool. I, I... Sorry, I was just going to say because everybody here is a Turtles fan. Did anybody watch the animated Batman Turtles film? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was a bit disappointed. Uh, same, so... but. I will say as much as I didn't, uh, I mean, it was fun for a little while. And I will say I do have some of the figures from that movie on my shelf over here because well, let me pan the camera a little bit so you guys can just see some of the turtles over there. Do you see them all nice. back here in all their glory? I have some turtles too. Where are they? Oh, bless you. <laughs> some there. I've got a whole bunch up here as well that are being uh, oh, nice. arranged now. I'm in good company. But I hated how at the end, like Joker and all them mutated themselves. I thought, well, that's that's really taking it a bit far. But one thing I can't get enough of, I watched several times on YouTube, is just watching the Shredder and the Batman fight because, like, what yeah. what what a what a versus match, you know? Like, it's one that you could be like, who's really going to win this? The Shredder seems to be unbeatable. The Batman seems to be unbeatable. Like, who would win? And you know. Of course, they don't really show a definitive answer there in that duel, but Shredder uh, messes him up quite a bit, doesn't he? He does. It's weird it's with the tales and the, the Batman comics because, on paper, in my head when it first was announced, I was like, "That's just tough. I don't think it's going to work." Yeah. I've read a few of the crossover things, like there was a Power Rangers one with um, is it Power Rangers Justice League or something like that recently. I can't remember or a while ago. Oh well, no, it didn't work. Not that I'm, I'm not a huge Power Rangers fan, but I thought I'd try it. When I thought this is just just looks a bit too odd batman and the turtles but yeah i really enjoyed the comics and they were going to release it as a big omnibus but it got uh, delayed because of covid and the paper shortage thing going on but yeah i was disappointed with the animated but the batman shredder bits are cool there are some really cool elements in it but 
as a, as the yeah. big turtle fan that I am and the Batman fan, uh, I was yeah a little bit underwhelmed. I I want to read the Power Ranger Turtle crossover because I I am I'm a fan of like the original Power Rangers. I was just so into the actually now that I think about it. Look at this. Look what I just got. Leonardo as the Blue yeah, Ranger. They, yeah, I saw they were releasing those there. Uh, Hasbro ones, aren't they? No. Yeah. Hasbro? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, him and um, Donnie as the Black Ranger just came in a, in a dual pack. I didn't order all of them, but um, the one I did order was Shredder morphed with the Green Ranger. So nice. he looks pretty awesome. If you haven't seen him, look him up. But I'm sorry, I'm deviating. I know this no, is no. not. No, so I, I mean, I, I, we should just, well, I don't know why we should just do a turtle podcast. Because, oh I my talk God, about, I am there. I could talk about turtles and figures all day. And, and the turtle films. Know. Right. You let me know. Noted. So I was like, <laughs> my, my wife keeps coming down here and she's like, have you got another turtle figure? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's been here all along. Is this because this box was upstairs? <laughs> It's like what? Yeah, I've got that it? one too. I'm like, oh, it's, it's nothing. It's just crank. Anyway, I so know that feeling because so often Brooke will come in here and she goes, "When did you get that one? When yeah. did that one happen?" Like, um, someone it's just gave it. To- I just, <laughs> yeah, I just have to say, I got it from work because it's like a uh, research. <laughs> um, so yeah, animated film. Yeah, a bit underwhelming, but I, I wish it could have been better. But again, I was thinking about these animated films, like with the turtles and stuff, and Batman. It's like. That'll be like a, a full-on film one day, won't it? Like a, a live-action film, because eventually they will just throw money at everything. So um, it'll yeah. probably happen one day. Here's hoping. Hopefully with the proper turtle suits from the 90s, the best, <laughs> the best suits. That would be amazing. It would be amazing. Right. Should we wrap it up there then, guys? I think that's covered everything. Yeah. I think we were pretty thorough. So that's it for this episode, another in-depth episode in the bag, and we are closing in on finally seeing the Batman in a few weeks' time, and we're going to do a two-part special when that lands. You can find us on social media if you're a fan of Consistently Okay Podcasts. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Consistently Pod, and on YouTube by simply searching for Consistently Okay Podcasts. We stream on all podcast services with two episodes coming out each month. All right. Well, Jeremy, thank you very, very much for joining us for the Batman animated uh, episode. Thank you for letting me be here because again, you know, I, I truly do enjoy your guys' show and I binged all your guys' Batman episodes. So it, it really is an honor to be in for the animated series because that's probably my, uh, well, all the animated stuff. That's probably my favorite stuff. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to see your guys' take on the new film. I'm, I'm very anxious to watch it. Thanks. We love your podcast. Well, I mean, do you want to tell people a bit about your podcast, the Canned Air podcast, while you're here? Yeah, sure. Uh, the Canned Air podcast, a tribute to pop culture. We've been doing uh, for going on nine years now. We just talk uh, just that, pop culture, comics, television, movies. And uh, we have people like Luke and Nick on the show, uh, comic creators, as well as uh, movie, TV producers, uh, voice actors, screen actors, all kinds of different people. And have a hell of a lot of fun while we're doing it and uh, you can check us out at cannedairpodcast.com on uh, twitter at uh, cannedairpod and on instagram at canned underscore air check us out brilliant thanks a lot no thank you all right then guys well everyone take care and we will uh we'll catch up soon for our teenage mutant ninja turtle slash action figure podcast in the near future (laughs) i'm counting the (laughs) minutes truly all right great thanks a lot then take care see you in a bit Bye. Awesome. Bye.